You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. This is AfterBuzz TV for Justified. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Justified news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, picking up where the show leaves off, and the buzz continues. Justify. Hey, you got it. I was going to hop in if you missed it. I wasn't going to miss it, but we are missing this week. Hammerberg and John Comerford. So I am filling in for those of you who remember and listen to our season two. I am Phil Svitak, and hey, I've been chiming in every now and then for yeah, this season. People know you. I this hope is they uh, do. this is the uh, issue when the AfterBuzz family is you know working in the industry. They sometimes have to go and work in yes. the industry, and that's where John and Tammy are now. That's yes, indeed, doing their thing. And so. uh, real quick plug, uh, Tamra Jewelry. Um, and she awesome does. Stuff. She's like the uh, Martha Stewart on a dime. So check out her website, um, TamaraJewelry.com. Also, Tamara Twist. Tamara Twist, I believe. Yes. Yeah. So great stuff over there. And uh, you can find John at your local hardware store, which is <laughs> in honor of John. I'm wearing my sleeves rolled up because I'm ready for this episode of Justified, season three, episode five, Thick as Mud. Mm. You're listening to the AfterBuzz. We are listening TV to the AfterBuzz TV now. Network. And, and we got the new guy in the booth. I'm, going I'm, in the Ronnie. I'm very excited about Justified, <laughs> so that, that caused me to give you a second knowledge of what network this was, just in case. And and just as a uh, warning, if I say anything stupid, it really is the new guy in the booth. I'm, it is. It's just the way he's cutting it and it's the way he's working the mic. So right. exactly. I'll show my face. Yes, I was the one who made that mistake. <laughs> but it wasn't a mistake. I was promoting After Buzz a second time. That's... Well, now we're going to promote Justified. <laughs> um well, it, by, by by the title, I just want to start there. Thick as mud. What do you, what do you think that meant before we fully get into the episode? Well, it, it, originally I was thinking, you know, blood is thicker than water and that sort of thing, but that that didn't mm-hmm. kind of flow through. So I really, this is one of those titles where I'm going that I really don't have any idea. Yeah, I mean, I usually the titles are like, oh yeah, I got that, I got that, like you know, Harlan mm-hmm. Roulette stuff like that. But it sounds good though. Thick as mud. It, it sounds great. But if you think about what the episode was about, even which is basically Dewey. Well, uh, as we have it, we have Dewey. Um, then we're going to talk Dewey about Detroit thick Boy. As mud. Yeah. Dewey's kind of thick as mud. Yeah. I think that's a stretch, though. By the way, uh, the episode was written, um, it was co-written, but um, one of the co-writers was Elmore Leonard. And I thought it showed. I thought it, yeah, I thought it showed with the Dewey character. I, first of all, I was so happy that they gave Dewey kind of this moment to... By the way, I'm happy that we're recapping this episode because uh, it was actually just so action-driven and, and fun. It could have been almost a standalone episode apart from a few of the things. But uh, So I'm really happy that we don't have the mo- more cerebral of the episodes to recap, yeah. just the two of us. Right, the, the, um, the kind of light-hearted sort of, you know, goofiness. Mm-hmm. I thought that's kind of the... Elmore Leonard sort of take on it. Yeah. So, um, he, and, and again, I, I was just really happy that Dewey got to be able to 
tab this and what? we get to hang hang with him because he's he he has trouble in he the does. real world and you know what uh speak you know uh we always kind of talk about there's there's one central scene that i think they write we don't know if this is their process but it seems to be that way and the central scene was um the bathtub scene with him mm-hmm. and lance and like the, the whole introduction of the kidneys and then uh you know it actually happened way earlier than most episodes um and then from then on we're just off on this fun ride and it was i mean as soon as here's what i liked about when as soon as um, dewey starts getting that information mm-hmm. they start messing with the camera yeah they start doing the jerky shots and and then you see him you know out on the street and they've got you know this kind of the spaz cam trying to follow him and everything and, and the chaos that's in his brain i thought they did a great job of bringing that to life yeah and creating that uh for us and and he he encounters so many problems what i loved you know the first one he goes to is the hardware store um with the washing machines and all that and and again because they're more expensive pieces you're like you guys have to have cash and such a modern age day problem you know uh no actually most of our people play by credit cards so we have no cash and somehow, what is Dewey? He, he grabs a gun. Where do people spend cash? He puts a gun to him. But then I was, you know, if, if you're thinking about it, you're going, okay. Um, Lance says, if you don't bring me the cash, I already have a buyer for these. Mm-hmm. So, you know, right away you're thinking, well, why do you need Dewey then? Just take him and get the hell out of there. But here's the thing. He can say, well, you can say that to Dewey because he's no Dewey's not going to be smart enough to try to figure this out. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'll, he's just going to say, "Okay, I'm going to take a shot, and if Dewey can come up with any kind of money, you know, I'm I'm not out any kidneys." Yeah. So off Dewey goes, and his second stop. I, I don't know if the owner of the washing machine hardware store told him that, but a uh, strip club. You know, I'm, that's I'm, one. Yeah, I'm that was very good. Uh, yeah. Do you think he figured it out himself? I, I think the guy probably told him. You know, you think so? Yeah, probably because he's pretty frantic. He doesn't. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what he's doing. He just needs cash. Yeah. With the big old scars up and down his belly. Yeah. So off to the strip club. Which is, in, in theory, a very good idea, but it just doesn't pay out. Not at 10 in the morning. No. And thank you, Adam. We can hear you in the booth. <laughs> um, anyway, um, what, was, what was also fun about that, um, you know, it... it I don't know what's reminiscent of you're you're the the writer, so you could probably tell me more. But you know how um, we're always a step behind. It's kind of not necessarily what we we've seen it a little time a few times with Raylan, but it's much more of the classic kind of what you would see in movies. The detective's always one step behind, almost like a seven. Let's say mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, especially with this kind of you know the the kidneys and things like that, and him having to deal with this, you know. And so it was that kind of structure early on of yeah. figuring out you know how do we find this. Pl- guy and whatever the missing pieces oh right yeah so as as uh um the as raylan and rachel are, yes. are following him yeah yeah well that's that's always a fun device because you're also able to allow well it's it's basically like columbo mm-hmm. where you know the crime happens and then we get to watch columbo solve it and god look at how smart columbo is yeah you know what i mean so it's a great device when you're able to do that because now as they do often with raylan you know, he gets a little bit of information. Says, "You stay there. I'm going in another direction," which, of course, is the right direction. Yeah. So, yeah, that's always it's always fun because you're rooting for the guy. Yeah. You know, like that's that's why Columbo was so successful. Yeah, and, and I mean, this 
this episode was just so fast paced in terms of that, you know, really whereas was. other times, you know, they kind of take their time. Not that it was not that it's ever boring, but I just again, it was really fun. And then you had the motif of the guy like, all right, let me ram that door in. Right, exactly. <laughs> you just want to ram this door. He holds the key. Uh, yeah, I think it was fast paced because if you look at Boyd, there's there they put him in this thing, and then there's really nothing they can do with him. You know, until they put him in in the room where there's nowhere to go. He you talking just, about Dewey or Boyd? I mean, I'm sorry, Dewey. Excuse okay. me. Did I say Boyd? Dewey. Yeah, you said. Um, once once they have Dewey out in the world. He's at this level, and mm-hmm. there's there's not a lot of character work you can do except he's just going to keep going, going, going yeah. until he falls into that room. So it makes sense to just you know hit it quick, yeah. give him these little blurbs. I love when he finally gets into that convenience store, yeah. and the old man is not putting up with any blasphemous <laughs> action from Dewey. And uh, he, he you know was not phased at all with, with Dewey's predicament. And he warned him. Yeah, he did. He said, you know, that, that'll be it. And one more time. <laughs> Do we want one more? And Well, the ironic part was, I mean, you know, every character is so well written. And, you know, I could see most other shows kind of writing off. Okay, it's just, you, you know, it'd be the generic uh, store owner guy mm-hmm. and uh, whatever. But they gave him such depth to that. You know what I mean? And he actually, I think... He wasn't given the information, but that's because he actually cared about Dewey and, and him being a Christian man. He he genuinely wanted to help Dewey, right? Yeah, and and by and helping him was not to send him there because obviously, uh, you know, in in the eyes of him, he was a user. Yeah, that, now that was um, in the strip club, though. You're talking about well, well, that was in the strip club. But they did I think, it twice. Essentially, they did it twice. They they had the sh- the shop or the convenience owner. Mm-hmm. And then the, the guy in the strip club was also saying, you know, you don't need the drugs. <laughs> yeah. You think I'm a tweaker? Yeah. So, well, that's, yeah, it's good of you to bring that up because that, that was a continuing motif for Dewey as he as he was on this journey, as everyone thought he was just a user. And we'll come back to Dewey uh, in a special segment because there's, I oh, yes. we'll, have, we'll I didn't, have fun with him. That's what, you I don't actually didn't tease that. Um, So Steve brought in, uh, you know, do you want to explain this? Well, um, yeah, last week... I mentioned to uh, the world that um, I use the term sociopath okay. describing Boyd. And then all my doctor friends at the club, you know, after golf, uh, sat around and, and the discussion came up about whether or not it was a psychopath or sociopath. So after a little bit of research, we'll, we'll, we will lay out the similarities and the difference and then we can go through a few of the characters and try to decide which side of the fence they fall on. Excellent. And uh, the fun news is we've got Natasha on our fan couch, and she's going to help us with that. Uh, She doesn't know any of the show, but the fun part is she she can kind of, based off of what we say about the characters, she can probably decipher, okay, sociopath or psychopath. You can be the tiebreaker if there is one. Or if it reminds you of any of your friends, you can say, oh, you know who that is? That's my friend Darlene. If you have a friend Darlene. If you don't, then... You don't. but back to the task at hand. Oh, that's uh, right. We have a show. <laughs> um, in terms of Dewey, when he as, as as soon as he gets locked in, as soon as he ran into that closet, I knew immediately that that was it. You know what? Though, before for. we do that, sure. um, I wanted to address something that you said about okay. the convenience store owner mm-hmm. and the writing. And 
so when you're in that thing and you're looking and you're going, okay, so all that needs to happen here is Dewey needs to get shot and he needs to go into the storeroom so that they can finally, you know, we can finish this arc and, you know, close the storyline off. And the cool thing about it was, is, is, and again, to the writing, they didn't just say, okay, he's going to come in and, you know, they gave that convenience store owner, like you mm-hmm. said, some time and some depth. So that you're you're hanging there, and and this is what's so good about this show is they they allow these moments to build, they allow the tension to build, they keep it funny, yeah, and it, there's always a payoff, and the, and, the, and there is a payoff when they're um, hauling Dewey out. The store owner goes, "God bless you, son." <laughs> the, the perfect uh, closure to <laughs> not only that, but when Dewey is in the storeroom and he's talking to Raylan, he's warning Raylan about blaspheming. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the owner don't like it. <laughs> hey, I've got a quick question though about when you shoot in a store, mm-hmm. because obviously that shot was you know that was a setup. As store. shooting as in uh, like film shooting, film for shooting, okay, yeah, I, not actually. Mm-hmm. I know the answer when you shoot a gun in the store. It okay. rarely ends well. Um, do you know when you go in? Do you need to do like a pre inventory, or is is there some sort of like you know? I mean, what what's to keep? people from just like grabbing something off the shelf in between shots and stuff like that are you do you know um i think it's i think it's worth that ahead of time um is there like a writer or something just you know cover expenses yeah i I, you know that's actually a good question um and i certainly wasn't prepared for it Um, (laughs) natasha <laughs> no, but I think when when you go into you know you there's there's an insurance form you obviously fill out right. for any damage that you you would do to the location whether it be a store or you know if let's say I'm shooting over at Steve's house I would do the same kind of permit um, and insurance form and then you know obviously with this they're shooting up the store so you know uh, I'm I'm sure this the the props there are set up as such mm-hmm. and then I think w- with a store. It's also tricky because, uh, you know, there's certain labels you can have on camera and certain ones you can't. So, uh, you know, the production design team has to go through and be like, okay, um, you know, this brand of chip, we can't have that. So let's put up the ones we can. So, you know, and Justified is so good at that that I'm pretty sure, you know, if they got it for a day, they kind of took everything down. They they left a lot of labels up. That's why I was asking because I noticed there was a lot of brand labels up and then there were a few labels that had been turned. Mm -hmm. So um, I was just curious to know if, you know, aside from all the clearance and from all the product placement. You know, if there was anything else, yeah, it I mean, seems like I, that's kind of like a. And at the end of the day, I think you, as a producer, you strike an individual deal with whatever it is you're doing. And I think, uh, you know, the ones that they had cleared, they left. The ones that they couldn't, they just turned around and, you know, let's say, all right, we'll pay um, whatever two thousand dollars for worth of food for you. If we take it, we take it. If we don't, we don't. It's yours. Um, yeah. If we happen to go over and take like a tremendous amount, then fine, we'll pay a certain amount of extra, whatever. Yeah, that's that. yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, it just came up as I was watching. No, nah, but you know, good question because they do use um, for the most part a lot of practical locations. They do actually out in Santa Clarita. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm going to disclose where that is because no one has Google Maps, <laughs> but it is out in Santa Clarita. And again, as we kind of discussed last episode, go see season two, the DVDs extras. Um, you know, it, it really talks about how they kind of shoot. Mm-hmm. and how smart they are because there's so many locations and things like that. And, and if you can't afford a trip to te- uh, Kentucky, just go on up Santa yeah. Clarita. So anyway, we left Dewey and he's now in the storage room. He is. And, and what he, he says, it's end times for Dewey Crow. 
Yeah, the only question is, how do I end it? How do I end it? Because poor guy, he, he he needs twenty grand. What do you figure? He, he came up with maybe three hundred, four hundred, three hundred, four hundred bucks, and now he's got Raylan on the other side of a door. And, you know, and, and how hard would it have been for Raylan just to say, "Yeah, you're screwed." <laughs> Good old Raylan finally explains what a kidney does, how you're going to die if you don't have a kidney. And he says, just munch, but take a leak. And he's got the other great line. This is why I love this episode. They gave Dewey so many great lines. Mm-hmm. And he, he just is so much fun. And, you know, the more you hang with him, you get to see all the makeup. That and, of course, you're speaking of, the, you're speaking of the, does that mean I got four kidneys and they there's, only took two? There's that. And then he says, it, it's, it's my kidneys, Raylan, not my dick. <laughs> <laughs> he's explaining that, you know, yeah, you yeah. need to urinate. Oh, God, he was funny. So yeah, um. which by the way, um, it was it was funny, and we'll, we'll kind of talk about this um, when we transition to Detroit and Boyd. But um, you know, the, the, the Detroit and Boyd that was all about kind of intelligence, mm-hmm. and and this was about like uh, you know the complete dumbed down version of basically a human being. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And so it showed that contrast in this episode. Yeah, very yeah, what, well. Yeah. Very well. And again, um, Raylan can be going after some of the smartest people, or yeah. he can be on the other side of the door with Dewey. And, you know, he just kind of takes it all in stride, just another part of the job. And, and I like that his whole thing, for as many people as he has to shoot, his whole goal is to just come out with, you know, everybody doing okay, everybody, you know, being yeah. okay. And uh, I guess we will get to whether or not he kept his streak alive. Well, let's. Uh, well, yeah, let's talk about um, as part of the Dewey discussion. We have to talk about Layla, right? That's her name, the nurse. Yeah, I'm going to talk. I'm going to call her. Uh, for me, she's just the sexy nurse because and, she's and, the sexy nurse. And what was fun is that she. Well, that's right. We had to meet her through Ash. Yes. When when he. Uh, that's right, because he says, "You you told me things are going to get weird." Yeah. They are now weird. They are certainly now weird. Um, and so he meets her. And what I liked about this, too, was, it, you know, it was still very much fun. You know, it didn't go to that almost like porn level of nurse slash detective of like, well, let's let's have some fun or whatever. No, it was it was fun sexually and yet didn't go that weird route. It went a weird route in terms of the shooting and all that and him getting ejected, but... And there is a we, there's a reason why it's it's fun to watch those scenes, at least for me. It's because I know Raylan will never cross a line because he has Winona. Mm-hmm. There's always Winona, and he's always going to be you know true to her so far. So far. So when, when they have these scenes together, and she's flirting and everything, and you can see him kind of flirting back, you know that, no, it's, it's, he's just being... You know, he's just being, he's being nice to be, yeah, to try to get a little more information out of her. Yeah, but um, you know what? And and I didn't flag at all the first time I saw Layla. The first time I saw him, no. You know, I thought he, what what I thought was a little weird is like she's giving up information pretty quick, and then I'm thinking, okay, well that just might be storyline. You know, it might be just a good way for expos, or is she really trying to throw him off a track? Mm-hmm. So. Um, I thought I I thought initially, um, you know, I was kind of I took the more shallow take, and I thought maybe that they would start to develop some sort of relationship. And I know he was more using her for the information, 
Um, but I thought we would see her more in the coming episodes, especially since, you know, the Winoma slash Raylan plot has been kind of not as developing as much. And so now the, I thought they were going to develop it more mm-hmm. and, and he was going to have another person somehow tied in. Well, maybe, they, maybe. I, they are definitely developing it on this one. Yes, they are. Uh, you, and didn't, slowly. you didn't see much of Winona, but no. what you did see was very telling. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was a bit that we kind of forgot was was uh, Raylan's visit to Ash, leaning on his broken leg, taking his morphine, and Ash is still complaining about being run over. You didn't have to back over me. <laughs> you were still brandishing a weapon. Nah. You're still that. He's still hurt. He's still upset. Ash. Yes. And, but now he's dead with the stroke. Yeah. They got rid of him and uh, Lance. Is, yes. Is, you the know, boyfriend. The boyfriend. So there really was kind of two storylines going on in this Dewey thing. You have Dewey running around, but then you have Raylan going mm. off, literally going off in another direction, telling Rachel, you follow him. You follow Dewey. I'm going this way. And that's where we start to discover Layla yeah. and her ties to, which turns out to be Lance. Yeah. And, and again, I didn't see that coming. I didn't and see it, him. You know, the, uh, they brought up a thing, you know, um, Art, it was, it was, I believe it was just towards the end. It was Art and uh, Raylan. And, you know, they were talking about, was this more of a mom and pop thing mm-hmm. or not? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and from seeing that set up or whatever, was it kind of more mom and pop? Well, I think what they were doing, but they did drop in a lot of information. They did. That we haven't pursued, including Dr. Mm, Blowjob, Misano. <laughs> uh, I love how Raylan they, was, was going a, to say that <laughs> to, to the lady. To the other, Where's like, Dr. You know him as Dr. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I love that stuff. Um, and he says, well, who is doing the cutting? No. So, so. You know, I, I would not be surprised if this is something that is revisited mm-hmm. in some fashion, because it just seemed to be there was a lot more information and then a lot of ends, you know, tied up yeah. before they could get to everything. Yeah, and you, you know, you know, once uh, if you think about it, we're on episode five, and kind of like with all of these shows, or not all of these shows, but in thinking, um, and correct me if I'm completely wrong, but I think you know, you start off with. Uh, an array of characters, right? And then you sort of dwindle it down until you get to, you know, uh, the, the guys you need to. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, for this season, it's Detroit, Boyd, um, I guess you could say Ava, Limehouse, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that that's who um, Braylon's ultimately getting to, even though he may not consciously know it or whatever. Right. And, and so throughout the season, you always have the grand storylines of those people. We're going to follow... Uh, quarrels. We're mm-hmm. going to follow Limehouse. We're going to follow, you know, Ava, Always and Boyd, uh, and now Winona. And, and interspersed through those are all the other smaller stories to keep it interesting because obviously right. you can't just hold that up. No. Um, and that's what's fascinating about that level of it is okay, so you've given me this much information. Is that going to be in another small storyline? Because you notice that the smaller storylines are, are maybe two or three episodes. Yeah. And then they get cleaned up. But it's such a nice overlap here. They will lay something in that will come up in the next episode, and that's going to be the next, you know, smaller arc as the grand arcs continue. For instance, in Limehouse, he's talking about, you know, early on they're putting the money back mm-hmm. in the cooler. Um, and again, I thought that was fascinating that 
Dickey said, then I don't accept the deal. And, and that was an okay response with Limehouse where, okay, well then you don't accept the deal. Well, then we're still good. He's, there's, a, there's a moral um, obligation between mm-hmm. the two that's <laughs> evidently quite strong. Yeah. Um, but in that scene, we're also seeing, I guess, the son. You know, yeah, the father. I, I didn't know who exactly it was. Well, he, yeah, think. but he says, you know, that dream will get you killed quicker than a bullet. Yeah. So, you know, they're starting to like, okay, so there's stuff going on in the Limehouse camp, and how's that going to play out? So, you, you got you can't miss an episode, people. You can't miss an episode, people. That's well, right. Steve knows best. The, you know, God, <laughs> he started this I. season with missing episode, season one and two. Yeah. But now he's now he's caught up. I am caught up, I, and I feel very very smart. That's right. For about 20 uh, minutes. Well, let's, uh, you know, in terms of the Limehouse thing, uh, again, they didn't spend too much time on it. Um, we saw, obviously, that, that they have all the money, right? They do. Um, and they tried to pull a fast one. And then, you know, they, they open it up with what do you think, what happens if Dickie finds out? And Limehouse tells him, well, the only he finds out is if someone tells him. Yeah. Then the kid says, well, I'm not the only one who knows. So... He, they're definitely, you know, setting that storyline up about Dickie and the money. Where yeah. is the money? How is Dickie going to get it? And the kid's saying, why don't we just have him shivved in prison? Yeah. And that goes back to the agreement he made with Mags. So I, I'm, you know, I have an agreement. Yeah. So. Which these people stick by their agreements. They say the handshake's, you know, better than a signature. So. That's right. It is, uh, it's, it's shaping up Limehouse I'm really starting to enjoy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm ha- liking hanging out. He's always carving meat. You know, it's just always dark, and you know, it's it, it, you you are fooled about how deep this guy mm-hmm. really is. So he he's really shaping into a fun character to hang with. Well, uh, so let's talk about Boyd because in speaking about people who certainly aren't what they appear, um, you know, at first glance you might look at Boyd um, as this again just kind of coal miner worker but he's certainly not as evidence um we'll talk more at length uh, about him in detroit's meeting but you know he's a smart guy and things like that and and at the end of the day i think Boyd just wants that credit uh the credit of among being- um, among other things obviously but i think his big thing is to be is to be um, you know, the head of something, and to be thought of as such. Yeah, not be, he's not a dumb guy. Right. He he wants that recognition of being being in, an intelligent person. Yeah. I, yeah, I think he does. And but he's also troubled. He was troubled about uh, Devil. Mm-hmm. The first time we see him today, um, they're digging a hole for Devil, and he was explaining to Arlo, "You bury friends. You don't just throw them in, you know, a sewer somewhere." Yeah. He was a friend before he was a traitor, um, and, I, and we can touch on that later in a special segment because there's. Which, by there's the way, traits. there's so much, so, there's so much symbolism between. I mean, uh, you, you know, uh, the episode title was called "The Devil You Know Last Time," and mm-hmm. you know, you can't get more symbolic than calling someone devil. And so, like, you bury your friends. The devil is your friend. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. just thought I'd bring that to light for those of you who missed it, even though it's so obvious. Now Arlo, there's a couple of things in that scene with with um, when they're burying Devil. Arlo was, I thought he was kind of questioning whether Boyd's going soft, mm-hmm. because you know Arlo's thing is why don't we just throw him in a well or something? He says no, you know. So Arlo seeing him is like, what are you now going soft on me? And and Boyd basically told him no, I'm not. 
going soft. But again, I thought that was an interesting dynamic. And, and you know, Arlo doesn't seem to be too afraid of Boyd. He seems to say what he wants to around him. He seems to, you know. Well, uh, you know, I mean, because uh, Arlo in many ways, you know, uh, before Boyd, he used to be the big man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and so, you know, I don't think he's ever in his mind going to give that power up. Whether or not it's true, I don't, you know. Obviously, I think Boyd is, is much higher ranking than, than Arlo ever could have been. But in Arlo's mind, he's never going to give that up. No, I don't think he will. But I, it's, I, I didn't actually see, uh, I never thought of it that way, so I'm glad you brought up, um, you know, the question of Boyd going soft. Yeah, it was laid in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that and you don't steal from corpses. <laughs> Arlo's, Which Arlo's going through the wallet. I know. I mean, for, for me, it, it, you know, again, I'm glad you brought that up because for me it was just more of the fact that uh, he has these intricacies and for me, it was just kind of fun to see, you know. You mean Boyd? Yeah, I mean, you may not understand his methods, but if you're within his camp, then you know what? That you, that's what you signed up for. There's there's procedures, and you may not always understand them or get them, but that's how we're going to do them. You don't steal from the people you kill or anyone dead. Yeah, he has his code. Yeah. He definitely has his code, and he, and he lives by it. Yeah. You know, right or wrong, he, he, he is true to whatever code that is. It seems to be fluid at times. You know, depending on where yeah. he is, uh, there was a great moment of him in the bar um, where Ava comes to visit him. Yeah, uh, it was. You know, there. You remember a couple of seasons? Well, when they shot Devil, mm-hmm. how they kind of said, you know, everybody's thinking he's getting too too soft, so we're going to go ahead and show everyone that he's not soft at all. And yet, right on the heels of that, he, they have this moment with Ava, where she's basically saying, "No, oh, I'm here for the long haul." Yeah. You know, and, and if you have these worries, you know, I got your back. So it, it, they're doing a great dance between, you know, Boyd, the scary psycho, socio. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. And, <laughs> and um, you know, the his his romance, his love with Ava. I'm, I'm assuming he loves her. Yeah. Until, no, I think I think tell different. I think he absolutely loves her and. And again, what I like is that last season she was on the fence. She wanted Boyd out of this whole kind of mess. And now she's she, she's like a mob wife. She's committed. Yeah, after she took the bullet, she yeah. said, I'm one of you. Yeah. And we have matching scars. And by the way, John, if you're uh, checking this out, we found out that you know a lot more people than we realize. Because evidently, Boyd has your initials on his chest. JC. You may want to explain that next time we see you, why Boyd would have your initials on his chest and uh was it was it you who brought up the fact that when timothy and um walton who um raylan and and uh, boyd respectively when they go out raylan still acts crazy well what what walt uh walton walter walton 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 will do um if they're out in dinner is yeah. is he'll roll up to expose oh, the, the, uh, the, the swastika the yeah well, you should expose the uh, the JC on the chest. Everything, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I'm thinking that's nothing compared to Dewey. Dewey's got Heil Hitler. He's got the whole Nazi eagle thing on his mm-hmm. chest. And so that's got to be like the henna, right? I mean, mm-hmm. so, and, and I'm curious to know, okay, so how often do you need those touched up? You know, and the other thing I'd love to talk about or Once or if you just got permanent. <laughs> Can you imagine? Good news, you got the roll. Bad news, yeah. You're going to have to get a tattoo. 
but but the teeth the teeth work you know is that mm-hmm. like this film that they put on there's yeah just, it's, it's all that it's, stuff. it's, so, it's crazy it's like it's, it's like lord crazy. of the rings they have to do yeah. three hours worth of makeup for yeah. the hobbits but that's um, what makes it so good it does um but uh i wanted to move on to the, yeah, the yeah, bar yeah. scene um where <laughs> devil's last gift to us is the cell phone and and I, you know i didn't quite get what that meant or who he was going after and then we obviously Sure. Seems like you and I had a friend in common. Last number, he, he goes in and, and Tanner's phone starts to vibrate. So, well, what but, do you think was going through Tanner's mind? Because like he, he, you know, he had a pretty good poker face, but I think internally he was scared shitless. Well, I think Tanner figures um, Quarles has his back, mm-hmm. um, but that's all well and good, except that he's from the area, so he knows Boyd. Mm-hmm. So if I were anybody who I wouldn't want to be, I would be Tanner, because mm-hmm. I, if I've got quarrels on one end of me and Boyd on the other, that's not a good place to be, as, yeah. as he found out. So he was used as a message boy. I think, honestly, I think Tanner was thinking, if I get out of this alive, I'm probably okay, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be a good meeting. And... um and then the other thing was interesting is when you push when Boyd put the girl back in place. Yeah. Just you know? nope, you're part of this too. But you have to wonder, does he does Boyd know who she is? Is is Boyd intentionally letting Limehouse know what's going on? Why would he push her back if he's gonna have this thing if there wasn't a reason for him? Mm-hmm. to want her there? Well, I mean, I, you know, from the basic sense, um, I think, you know, he may know that. But even, even if you look at it from a simplified version where, you know, uh, she's there. So by association, um, she's with him and she knows certain information. And, and you know, kind of when whenever you're sleeping with someone, you know, you kind of share information uh, that's kind of supposed to be secret that you're not supposed to share. But because you have that intimacy, you do. And so, you know, by association, she's there. No, you're going to sit down as well. Yeah, so it, but and that's, it, it works in both ways. It does. But, I think but, it, but in this world, yeah. you know, this is men talk. Yeah. And and if the hooker, which is she's just basically a hooker, wants to leave, that's not a problem. So the fact that he pushes her back to make sure she hears this, mm-hmm. and then she shows up at Limehouse, and we know Boyd is at least one step ahead of most people. Mm-hmm. Um, now we didn't get to talk real quick, and, and if we've got time, um, about when he talks to the doctor and okay. he starts stepping in. I love the fact that he's you know just what would your mama think, sitting at her. Oh, yes. And he just starts to describe the house to him in a way of like, as if he's just making it up. And the doctor's just going, oh, my God, you've been to her house. You know where my mom lives. No, well, I, th- I, th- I think I, at first I thought he was bringing up a familiarity. You know what I mean? Um, I can't. Uh, I When I saw it, I had a better description for it. But, but the fact of, you know, how you used to be buddies, why are you kind of now going against me? But then, obviously, he drops the big thing, which... Uh, what are your thoughts on? Yeah, where, where he's talking to the... He's basically saying, we know where your mom lives. Yeah. But I just love how they did it. Yeah. You know, how it was just kind of like, I'm just concerned. Um, and, and that was also just laying in the uh, the little, you know, shot to quarrels mm-hmm. about about um, the the oxy scam, I guess, yeah. is, is now starting. It is. Uh, which, speaking of partnerships starting, um, just for the sake of time, let's jump straight to the meeting. Sure. Uh, Detroit and, and Boyd. 
which we had to we had to go back and we actually had to turn on closed captioning for oh this one God. just because these guys are smart. I don't know. I guess it goes to show that we are not as smart. Um, so Boyd has the meeting. He he lets Quarles know, come to me. And Quarles does, and Quarles is Quarles. He's happier than the hell to sit down with Boyd. He orders his drink. Yeah. Can't you know? And and uh, I, Boyd comes back with uh, you know the term carpetbagger, yeah. and then explains what a carpetbagger does. And you're you thinking, uh, okay, what's Quarles going to do? And he just agrees, says amen to that. <laughs> Gives him a wink. And and that's the moment that in that shot you see Boyd kind of look like a little taken back, like he did not expect that. Mm-hmm. And I just made a noise like is is Floyd is is Boyd worried here? Yeah, because they they gave him a moment, and and God Walton is so good at this. He just gave that little thing in the eye where yeah. you know there was a flash. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the whole point was that that Boyd he was basically uh, making a small threat against against him and then it just got thrown back in his face and i don't think it was a small threat i mean you know because coral says look you gave me two messages you know the pills but we'll just you know call that even it's a gift for you know speed bump but uh, i think it was a pretty pretty big threat i think boyd knows i'm going up against you know chicago now this is a little bit different than the memphis mafia and uh yeah, it was great. And then th- what we had to turn it on for was because we, evidently Saul Bellow yes. was, said something about deer flies dying at the end of summer. <laughs> That's right. And Quarles knew that. So that was a great scene. It was a wonderful bookend scene. It started with the quote that Boyd knew. Boyd flew it, threw it back and Quarles knew it as well. And yeah. so a great way to say you guys are on equal you know, equal level here. You're on the same playing field, and this thing could go either way. Yeah. So, and I, got, what I like is that I mean, so, it's one thing to like if it was like shake. You know what I mean? You always get the oh Shakespeare, good for you. You know Shakespeare. Yeah, whereas yeah, yeah. I, I've never even heard of Salabella. No. And yeah. so, so to to have that level of intelligence really yeah. goes to show. Yeah, and 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 that's what really surprised surprised Boyd in that. And then, that can bring us right to the Winoma railing. Yeah. So now that you know the whole arc, mm-hmm. what happened, um, it kind of makes sense when she in the very beginning where she's yeah. talking about she's reminiscing. She's just remembering. You know, he he stumbles on he comes in and he stumbles on some moving boxes, and he's clueless. He doesn't realize what's happening. And she's talking about you know I was just packing, making lists, and then she's you know. Mm-hmm. She looks at it and goes, it's smaller. And you know, she's talking about the house or she's talking about all of it. You know, mm-hmm. is, is, is all of her grand ideas and her grand dreams with Raylan, is everything getting smaller? Mm-hmm. And uh, that is really, you, we don't see very much of her, but it, it was a very important arc. Very yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, this whole story is, you know, every time we've gotten it, it's always had taken a huge step forward even though screen time wise we, we probably i would i would even venture to say we get like 30 seconds um you know every now and then yeah and what they had to do with raylan is they had to give him moments not with her but with us so that we could see that she really does appreciate winona she really mm-hmm. in fact on the drive back with art he says you know she's really special and, and raylan is like realizing that that mm-hmm. she really is and that, you know, she's not going to get angry with him. She's not going to try to change him. And, and when she's saying this, you're thinking, oh, you know, what a great woman. She's, she's understanding this and everything. Well, what she's telling him 
in reality is I'm not fighting for this anymore. Yeah. And that doesn't mean I'm going to stay because, well, we had that discussion. Was the note something bad or was it about there's no more milk in the fridge? <laughs> yes. Which, yeah, we were joking. <laughs> Which, well, you haven't seen some of my notes when, you know, there's something not in the fridge. I can go on for pages. Mm-hmm. But that's me. So uh, it was left. That is definitely one of the. Um, and I don't, I don't think we'll ever see what's actually on the note. No. Nah. And we don't that's, need to. And that was what was great. You didn't need to. Yeah. Just Raylan's response, the shoulders, and just looking at Do you at think, everything. by the way, just to throw out this comedic bit, do you think it was just more of like uh, the production team was like, all right, where's that note? Oh, we didn't write the note. All right, we won't show the note. I would have totally written something ridiculous, you know, and just watch him try to work through. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think I think they genuinely, um, all joking aside, they they made that choice way in advance oh, yeah. that they wouldn't show what was oh, on there. We we have to really um, touch on last week. Mm-hmm. Tamara was talking about the you know crew trying to make have him go through a whole episode, a whole season, oh, yes, without, without firing shooting. his gun, and that came to an end today. It did by that's how uh, Layla got it. And I think I, through I, Lance into Layla, which by the way, now that we kind of know this joke, uh, I thought it was very well written in the sense that you know he he acknowledges the fact that he was trying to stop shooting. Yeah, and and later on he says, uh, you know, I was surprised too when when I yeah. says you were surprised because she was a woman. I was surprised too, and I'm like, well, was, is that a nod? Yeah, I, th- I think it was so whole, a nod. Yeah, just the it, writers gave up on it, yeah. so. <laughs> They were surprised that they gave up on it. Well, I hope it was because yeah. that, what a what a cool thing if, if you know for fans. Anyway, so I think that pretty much wraps up this episode. Um, you know, we'll, there's predictions that we have to get through, which we will. Um, we got our special segment, which we got, you. and uh, so why don't we take a commercial? We'll do a special segment, and then we'll do predictions. Awesome. After Buzz TV. Hi, I was once like you. A lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite TV shows. AfterBuzzTV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after-shows, from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV after shows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? AfterBuzz TV News. 
guess it's kind of like news. It's, it's a little bit like news, uh, Ronnie. This just in, we're now going over to a special segment. <laughs> um, um, so Steve, Steve's going to basically uh, tell us the similarities and differences of a psychopath and a sociopath, and then we're going to go down the list of justified characters. And with the help of our um, non-justified expert. fan um, over there on the couch, Natasha, say hi. I think it's Dr. Natasha. Uh, she's a PhD in mental health. Uh, at no? least here at okay. AfterBuzz TV. Well, you are now. Okay. Um, Dr. And Natasha. And she will, uh, if there's any tiebreaker, she will help decide them based off of the evidence that we put forth. So, in sociopathy and psychopathy, the similarities are there is a lack of empathy or conscience okay. to, to others. Um, there's very little respect for the law. Uh, they don't show a lot of regard for their safety or others. They lie like crazy. They um, become aggressive on impulse. Um, they usually have a physical assault without any sort of regret. And generally speaking, they're kind of financially irresponsible. So those are the overlaps. Here's where they differ. I'm going to have to leave because this is getting too personal. Is this getting too personal? Oh, well, it gets better. So right. here we go. All right. Um, psychopaths. Generally, they're better educated. Okay. Um, they're very charismatic. I'm sorry, charismatic, um, because they, although they don't empathize with you, they're very good at taking those traits on. So you feel like they're really connected to you when it's usually uh, very much a sham. Mm-hmm. They're really highly organized. They pay attention to detail. Um, they generally have a controlled, violent outburst where it's usually well planned, and okay. it can take years for them to decide to pull the trigger on something. And they generally can blend in well. Think Ted Bundy. Think, you know, um, a lot of these guys, um, they have a good job. Generally, they have family. They're Like I said, they're usually well-educated. And they could be the guy next door that you just had never had any idea. And one in every three people? <clears throat> sure. Ask the doctor. <laughs> now, a sociopath. Generally, they're on the other side of the spectrum. Usually, lower education. They're much less organized. Um, their violence tends to be just spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Um, they generally have difficulty blending in. Usually, they're kind of like out of work, homeless. You know, there's issues like living out of their car, whatever. Um, here's where they're a little bit different, although they are a lot more obvious in their presentation as far as how they deal with others. But they tend to be able to make a connection with a select few. So although both a sociopath and a psychopath would um, lie and cheat and steal to get their way to people without having empathy, a sociopath may have a little bit of guilt if it were done to somebody he felt was close to him. Mm-hmm. So with that in our extensive medical knowledge... And an expert on the couch. Well, this is actually now. I mean, honestly, I think this is very well researched. And you know, I thought I thought we would have to have a huge debate about these characters. No, once, once you pretty, look at the I mean, when you look at the list, it's pretty easy. So uh, why don't we start with the although? List? Although here's one that you know, when we get to the near the bottom of the list, there's a couple that are you know. So, uh-huh. Bo Crowder. 
Uh, I think uh, sociopath. I think sociopath. Yeah. yeah, I think he feels Mags absolutely sociopath. Sociopath too. I agree. Uh, uh, we could put. Uh, let's put back on the list. Uh, Doyle, Doyle and Devil. You and I had cut out some, but let's start with Doyle. Uh, sociopath, I think. Yeah. Although I, you know, on kind of the low scale because he did have a lot more, you know. But yeah, I, I'd say low grade sociopath. Yeah. Um, devil, I'd say middle grade sociopath, but yeah. but he was a thinker. He was. I, he he's the kind of tougher one. But I would say high high grade sociopath. Okay. All right. Limehouse. Uh, definitely uh, psychopath. I'm gonna go with psychopath too. I think I think he uh, shows more of those traits. I mean, he Although, not, I mean, he's in control of so much money. We see so yeah. little. He's definitely a psycho. Yeah. Although he presents himself differently, I think that's part of the psychopath behavior. Johnny in the wheelchair. Um, I would. It's tough because. Uh, I actually like him a lot. I think he, he brings a lot to the table. I didn't have an answer for him. I, I don't either. Um, all right. Well, let's 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 we'll go, have to go to our expert. expert. Well, <laughs> let's let's present. All right. Uh, give, give a short summary of Johnny uh, well, in your word. Uh, Johnny um, is definitely uh, got your back kind of guy. He's very loyal, but he's not a real planner, and he's not. Um, but he's not. An, a spontaneous outburst kind of guy either. He, he really kind of drops in the cracks between socio and psycho, I think. But he's very loyal. Is he Is he just loyal to Boyd? Um, yeah. I think he's... Because he certainly wasn't loyal to Devil. Yeah. But he was able to Thoughts play Devil. That. Well, given all my prior knowledge... Um, Having never seen the show. To the show, mm-hmm. yeah. And my medical knowledge of which is studying. <laughs> which is Zill. No. <laughs> I would have to say um, psychopath just because you can't figure him out mm-hmm. and because it's not obvious maybe he really is more of a planner than you think so maybe he's a psychopath there you go from the expert so we agreed on psychopath right, we weren't going right. to go with psychopath uh, Dewey uh, there's no discussion <laughs> yeah psycho psycho what Dewey Dewey oh, I was thinking socio really so there is a discussion uh, there is a discussion okay first of all he's not better educated well, he's not. No, he's not real organized. Uh, I mean, look at the sociopath list as far as like what. Uh, okay. Well, I, I guess here's the, here's the problem is that I guess you know when he had Mags, he didn't have to be, but now as he as he kind of wanted to take over the family business. Wait, Dewey. oh, we're on Dewey. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I read Dicky. <laughs> no. All right. Yes, Dewey. Absolutely not. Yeah, sociopath. Okay. Sorry. Okay. 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 Sorry. That's okay. Real quick, we got Duffy thrown in there. The uh, guy from the RV. He's. I mean, he's. Now remember. Psych- yeah, but remember when he was having his discussion with you know in season one, where you know they had the uh, real estate guy in the office. And I think he's just stupid. I don't think he's any of these. I think he's just stupid. I think he's one of the overlap. I think he's the stupid side of Johnny. Yeah. So, yeah. the expert says? Well, what I'm curious about is why everybody on the show has to be either a psychopath or a sociopath. Well, that's because that's, that's the category. Because Kentucky. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no one's normal. No one really is. And there's shades of all of this. But if you had to, you know, peg one of them, I would put Duffy as sociopath. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Now we're at Dickie. And yes, your okay. argument was psychopath. Yes. Because of all of that. And I totally agree with you on that. I, think, right. he's, I think he's psycho also. Very good. Detroit. 
Quarles. Um, psycho. Psycho, big time. This guy is like the poster child. Now we get to Boyd, and that is the one that is... Really? You think that one's tough after well, you know, our bullet points? you look at all of the bullet points, and he is such a mesh of both of them. He's very so? well... Well, he's, he's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. And he's very well uh, organized. Okay, so he's that's... very well controlled in his violence. It, except that when he's not, it's spur, you know it's spontaneous. He has a lot of empathy. He has empathy toward Ava. He mm-hmm. you know he 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 had empathy toward Devil. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet he's he's not he doesn't blend in as easily as like Quarles could. So this is the one where I'm like going, I, I'm not really sure if he's. I guess if I had to fall on one side of the fence, that I would say psychopath, except for the fact that he's got his, his the evil thing, and a psychopath huh. really wouldn't have that connection with anybody, according to Doctor Natasha. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think you know, you look at it. I mean, obviously. Uh, Detroit is a higher grade of psychopath. Right. You know, you bring up these things, but I think I'm going to put more value on the education. Um, He's highly organized and controlled in his violence for the most part. So I give more weight to those. Um, In terms of blending in uh, with job, family, and social life, he blends in very well, I think, within this community. Um, Now, again, you you put him up against the big ballers, such as Detroit. Um, Can he live up to that? We're going to find out in this season. But, you know, as we, you know, um, deduced from our discussion here, he's pretty much on the same level. At least that's what the writers are are, are, um, telling us. So, Well, okay, then your call. Where do you want him to go? Sociopath or or, or psycho? You know, I'm going to have to create a whole new mental category specifically for him, and it's going to be Boydopath. Boydopath. Excellent. And Raylan. Start oh, the show. Raylan is just, he's just here. I, I just threw that in there to see if there Raylan's was anything. In, in, but, but the craziness and all of this, in this world, you want to know, uh, do they have to be sociopath or psycho? I think Raylan in this world is normal. He is normal. In this world, and and he could have gone either way, but he is normal. He could. All right, we're, they're yelling at us. So, uh, so yeah, that wraps up that special segment. Um, but I'm glad we did it. It was a lot yeah. of fun actually going down this list. Um, hope you guys agree. If you don't, let us know and uh, please Absolutely. give your reasons why. We'll we'll be glad to uh, read them if there's time. We'll give Doctor Natasha's uh, clinic address at the end of the show. You can stop by there. But uh, let's let's get right into predictions because there's a lot. Yes. Um, well. <laughs> And now, you're after Buzz TV predictions. That's a theremin, everybody, by the way. Mm-hmm. Theremin. Um, so next week, uh, I don't know if we said this on the show, or if this was just this talking beforehand, but it, it's going to be one of the, of the more cerebral episodes, and a lot's going to happen also in terms of action. Oh, yeah. I think it, I think the war starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Boyd and Quarles finally say, here we go. Yeah. Um, and it's the midpoint. It literally. So there's. You know what I mean. Like you always kind of build it. And it, since it's the midpoint of the season, I think you know we're going to see a lot of stuff happen, and then that'll get carried out for the rest of it. Obviously. Yeah. Um. I. You know. Boyd. I mean. Uh. Dicky and Dewey are going to be back in prison. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there's going to be that much of a storyline with them in prison. It's going to be basically about the money. I mean, that's all Dicky was worried about. Yeah. Last time we saw him. Um. And does. 
I, my question with Raylan would be: Does he try to find out where Winona is? Does he follow her? Does you know? We're not sure what's in the note. It, mm-hmm. You know, would she hide? So, um, if I mean, I think I think if you're Raylan, especially after after the talk he had with Art, um, you know. The, the world may, and, and this is why it would be extremely awesome, is because I think this is going to be basically Raylan's day off. So the cat's away and the mice will play. That's, yeah, I think so. I think, you know, good time for a war because, <laughs> because my, my wife left. Yeah. So uh, that's it. That's, that's my prediction. Uh, all right. Um, well, thank you, guys. Uh, thank you, N- Natasha, for being a fan and Dr. sitting in Natasha, on Dr. <laughs> Natasha. Dr. Natasha. Um, for sitting in and uh, not really knowing what the show is about, but just being a fan. We like our fans. Um, speaking of fans, we absolutely love you, for those of you who do watch Justified and us. Um, and we love interacting with you guys. Let us know what you think. If there's, uh, you know, if you have a differing opinion, obviously the show uh, lends itself very much to that. We're not always 100% right. You know, we, we don't always see from a different perspective. So let us know. And, yeah, uh, if we got if we got socio or psychopath wrong on any of the characters, tell us why. And if if it's well written, we'll bring it up. We'll keep it going. That's we'll, right. We'll let people know. And uh, you can find Steve uh, on other shows here at AfterBuzz TV. Bottomly Steve on Twitter, I believe, is what it is. That's what we came up with for you. Bottomly Steven. I think that's what it is. Fair enough. And uh, just follow AfterBuzz TV um, yeah. as well on Twitter. I'm we'll right. let you know. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thank you guys for listening. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later, later. paths. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.